Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Cheers to a great day and this ice cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Or your grandma here with us, making carne asada. She does love a cold Corona. Throw in some dancing. Oh, we can watch the game. I'll drink to that. So a backyard concert with football, food, dancing, and Corona? And your grandma. Or we could keep it simple. Simple is good. Want a Corona? Thanks. Salud to the perfect day. Corona. La vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This episode was recorded at Spotify Studios, L.A. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, actress Melanie Liburd talks to me about self-care and adopting a new approach to her craft. Every pilot season, the pressure to succeed in the audition room can be overwhelming, especially when it feels like the next stage of your career is riding on impressing casting directors and the powers that be. Despite the pressure, Melanie has learned that the most important person to please should always be yourself. I'd give this advice to any actor, do it for yourself. You know, go into that audition and leave proud of yourself. There's nothing worse than leaving an audition going, oh, you know, and getting there and feeling like underprepared because you've, you know, you have spread yourself too thin, you know? Hi, Melanie. Welcome to the pod. Hello. Oh, my God. It's so great to be here. I'm so excited you're here. I, <laughs> Thank you. Um, have always just thought you were just incredibly lovely, incredibly talented. Aww. And I, and I'm sure all the listeners, are really excited to get to know you better. Like, you. Not just the actress, but, mm. like, who is Melanie. So thank you yes. for coming. Oh, thank you. This is all so right. great. So how about we start off? Can you tell everyone how we met? How we met. Oh my goodness. How Do you remember? Um, wasn't it an event? It was an event. Television. Yes. It was what well, was in West Hollywood. I remember oh, was it was that maybe the I feel like I bumped into you in so many places because I was on a show and you were on a big show yes. at the same time. Yes. So we were doing a press thing and like I remember seeing you on like what was it? Anyway, there was lots of things. But you you say how you remember. I think we, I remember us like meeting, meeting and really having like a, a like a good talk and like really yes. connecting at a, I don't know if it was a fashion event. It might have actually been for the A-list. I'm not sure. Okay. But it was an event on a rooftop at I think uh, the One Hotel. Yes. Do you remember that? Oh my goodness. That? Yes, I remember. Yeah, and, and that was when we like first exchanged numbers. Yes, Reformation event. Oh, it was Reformation. Oh my, I love yeah. it. Yes, See, I remember, remember the I brand. Just... <laughs> We're going to get there. You worked... You were a fashion girl. You were in fashion. Yes. So maybe that's how your brain, because I'm like, I would have never remembered. Yeah, that's the so brand. But that's funny. Exactly I got a little tattoo at that event. That's crazy. There was a little tattoo, like there was a what what tattoo did you get? That's it's only it? a tiny little heart, but I that's so random that I don't I remember, remember tattoos that. being offered. Yeah, there was this guy <laughs> in the corner. I know. Crazy. I love that. I have two wrist tattoos too, but that's so crazy. You got a heart at that very yeah, place we met. At that 
Yeah, rooftop. But yeah, we just instantly kind of like clicked. Oh, uh, and you were well, you guys were with, you were with quite a few people from your show. I was with Logan, who's yes. one of my dearest friends. Um, but I, yeah, I remember meeting you and being like, "Who is this girl? She's amazing!" Uh, and here we are, you're on the I podcast know. now. <laughs> um, but I remember meeting every time I'd see you guys or bump into you. You were all so sweet and friendly and kind, which is thank you. You know, it's so memorable. Yes. Which is lovely. And it doesn't always happen. Absolutely not. <laughs> exactly. I was like, these girls are lovely. Yes. Yeah. I felt the same way. All right. So we're going to start with some icebreaker questions. Okay. Are you down? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite British food? Yeah. And what is your favorite American food? Traditionally American or traditionally British? Ooh. Um, I'm going to have to say my favorite British food. I really mi- I miss... London pubs and I miss um a good like roast dinner. We'll have a roast dinner on a Sunday. Okay, what is a roast dinner on a Sunday? <laughs> what is it? What is it? Everyone like? you got you you meet all your friends on a Sunday, you go to the pub and like you'll have like if you eat meat, you'll have like roast beef, Yorkshire pudding, you'll have roast potatoes and you'll have gravy. And like you might have some stuffing on the side. Oh my gosh, I good love it. British roast. I mean you have a little bit like that at Thanksgiving. But without the Yorkshire pudding. But Yorkshire pudding is and what is what is that? I've heard of it, but what is it exactly? Explain it to the listeners. The thi- Yorkshire pudding is a bit like a um, what do you call them? A top over thing here? Like it's the pastry thing? A popover? Oh, a popover? A popover? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a bit like that. That's the nearest. That's the closest thing to it. But, <laughs> so there's no pudding? No, there's no pudding. You just call it a Yorkshire pudding. Oh. This whole time I thought you were going to be like, it's this gelatinous thing no. and you didn't say anything that was pudding like the whole time. Yeah. No. And you call it a Yorkshire pudding. I think it was obviously originated north of England in Yorkshire. Mm-hmm. And they used to put like a whole meal in there with gravy. And that used to be kind of the case. Sounds like a pot pie The almost. casing for it. Yeah. And then you eat the whole thing. Mm. Yeah. So I have a confession. I've never yeah. been to England. Oh, wow. You I need know. to go. I need to go. I really want to go to London. I you'll London. love London. I mean, it's huge. It's beautiful. There are and so I love places. New York. So people are always like, if you love New York, you'll love London. Oh, yeah. For sure. Okay, I have to go. Especially in London. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Favorite American. Oh, favorite American food. Oh, my God. Uh, Favorite American food. I mean. Wow, you're not really loving American food, it seems. (laughs) (laughs) Even though they're French. (laughs) But is there anything that, like, when you are back home for a while that you're like, I can kind of only get this the way I like it. Back in, oh, in the States. I mean, the food here is amazing. The healthy food. I, I don't know. I mm. kind of went to fast food for for them. But I'm like, 
into my healthy food and stuff. But there's yeah. so much available here. That's why I love LA. So you're like, like in- all the vegan stuff, cafe gratitude. No, but I do a lot of vegetarian. I eat fish. Okay. So but- you're like, you like to come back and get like Erewhon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I'm a bit, a little bit. I mean, it's a bit outrageous now. Every now and then. I mean, I don't properly shop there. But, yes. You know, I'll go there for a coffee. Okay. So the last one I have is, so you studied fashion. Yes, a long time ago. Fashion. Yes, but I want to know who are some of your favorite designers? Oh, my favorite designers. Oh my goodness. Do you know I there are so many, but I I have some really old school favorites like um British designers Alexander McQueen, mm-hmm. Vivian Westwood. Um I love suits, I love structure. Mm. Um but yeah, so many, and I can't remember all the names. Let me ask you this: if you if if you could get a call tomorrow to mm. start in a campaign, oh my goodness, who are you starting in a campaign? Ooh, for? Gucci. <laughs> yeah. I mean Versace. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I love Gucci just because it's so. I mean, I know it's so big and massive, but it's also classic. Classic, but also. You know, they're edgy. They're bringing mm-hmm. like new, young, fresh. Yep. Um, Valentino. I mean, there's so many. Yeah. Okay. Well, I <laughs> hope you get them. the call soon. <laughs> Thank You're you. You're going to get the call. I can see it. <laughs> All right, Melanie, let's start at the beginning. Okay. What okay, Ashley. did England Russell Square give you? Russell Square. Um, wow. I, I actually grew up outside London hmm. and... Um, how far outside? In a place called, a small town called Hemel Hempstead, Hertfordshire, and, um, which is more country, countryside. And mm. I remember um, I went to uh, college, uh, well, actually in Buckinghamshire, but then I always wanted to get to London, I think, as soon as I could. So straight after college, I moved to London. And uh, it was just the most amazing, incredible place for me. I mean... Just the diversity, the people. And I think, you know, when you grow up in Europe, you, I don't think I realized how fortunate I was in the whole kind of, to have Europe on your doorstep and and just to be immersed into, you know, I can get on a flight and be in Spain in a couple of hours Mm -hmm. and then be in Italy in a couple of hours. And after college, actually, I did study fashion, but um, I actually fell into modeling whilst I was in fashion school. Um, mm. And um, after I'd finished fashion school, got picked up by a modeling agency. And it was the modeling agency that really allowed me to travel all over Europe. So I'd say to my mum, oh, you know, I'm going to um, go and do this job in Spain. I'll be back tonight. So literally, you'd fly to Spain Wow! in the morning and you do the job and then you'd fly back or you'd mm. stay for a night depending on if you wanted to but mm. it was really that wonderful and you really are kind of subjected to all these beautiful traditions and countries and people that are so different from you but also i suppose culturally but also um they're so close mm-hmm. so i think that was what growing up that side gave me and uh, in europe but and, and especially london because it's a melting pot you know my best friends are like Spanish and, you know, half English and half Spanish. One of my other friends is um, from Paris. Um, mm. You know, I have Nigerian friends. We yeah. have a big Nigerian community. I grew up next to uh, my Hindu um, neighbors who taught me about 
um, Hindu gods and like wow. it was just very diverse it being growing up in England and my mum's English so I mean I you know I my a white lady with redhead raised three children on wow. her own yeah and my father um you know was from the Caribbean so you know did you really... grow up with both parents in the home no I I mean for a little while and then my mum and dad broke up but um mm -hmm. yeah and then my mum raised us mm. eventually but uh yeah, it was really, I suppose it was an interesting, different, diverse kind of a life. Growing you know? up, did you feel like you, for lack of a better term, like fit in? Yeah. Because no, it was so really. diverse. Did you, yeah, okay, so you didn't, there were yeah. times you it felt like you didn't really fit in. Oh, absolutely mm. not. I mean, I, I grew up thinking, um, I, I, I went through this phase. I, I mean, I was so dramatic, really. It's not surprising <laughs> I grew up to be an actress. But I went to school one day and I was, um, we were skipping or something. A girl said to me, you know, kids just come out with mm. stuff. Oh, have you been on holiday? Because you're so tan, you're so brown. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and went home to my mother, who's white with freckles and red hair. And I said, oh, am I adopted? And she was like, no, you're not adopted. You're mine. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you're, we had this whole conversation when I was, you know. What did she say? Like, I always wonder, um, with, as, a, as a mother who was British yeah. and white and had a daughter yeah. who was biracial but yeah. presented as black, yes. what was that conversation like that she had with you? Beautiful, her actually. Daughter? My mom's very open and... Mm -hmm. um, she would talk about life and people and I, and I think because we were surrounded, and she didn't always get it right. I mean, you just don't, but it allows you to kind of, especially as an adult now growing up, have that kind of understanding of people don't always get the terminology yeah. right and yeah. terminologies move on and it's up to you as well. It, or it can be if you allow it to help people. But yeah, no, going back to my mother, um, she, she always said to me, you're beautiful and you can mm. be and do you know, whatever you want. My yeah. mum would always say to me, travel the world, Melanie, travel the world. <laughs> mm. Talk to people, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of her mindset and outlook. Mm -hmm. I love that she was like, you're mine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. What would you say is one of the greatest lessons your mom has ever um, imparted upon you? Um. Oh, so many. I think she, she... To be independent, to be independent and and know that you really can achieve things on your own. Mm. You know, my mum had a very strong work ethic. I mean, she raised three children on her own and she also put herself through university at nighttime when we went to bed. So wow. she, you know, she was hustling and working and she's very smart. Um, um but I saw that. I think we see it as kids and we're just like, oh, yeah, well, I was never afraid. Mm -hmm. I was never afraid of, oh, okay, well, if this doesn't work out, I'll try this. And if this doesn't yeah. work out. So I always had lots of jobs. Like I always say to children growing up, I mean, you don't have to be one thing. You, you'll be a lot of things and you should try lots of things. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, it changes. What we like changes. I mean, I've, I've, my first job was when I was 15 years old, you know, and then I've tried a lot of different creative things. What was that job? <laughs> my first job was working uh, it was actually really fun laser quest do you have laser quest here is that laser, laser quasar tag? laser tag okay okay yeah so it's called of laser quasar in the uk it's laser quest it's laser and quest and here it's like 
We're doing laser tags. Oh, so, you guys are so much cooler than yeah, us. Yeah, and I kind of hustled my way in and pretended I was older than, and I don't know how they didn't find out. But anyway, um, anyway, so I got this job, and um, first of all, it was just kind of helping out in as a like in the cafeteria, mm-hmm. and then I kind of hustled my way into taking people into the briefing, and I was very very shy. So it was my first kind of you were shy acting gig, if you like, where I would take thirty people into this room and brief them about the game mm-hmm. and it's all the health and safety stuff yeah before you you know get in there with the the laser um the laser tags or the laser guns yeah as you say. but uh yeah it was really fun I really enjoyed it it really brought me out of my shell it wow. was amazing and then after that I was like oh I don't have to be what, what am I worried about I can you know do these speeches at 16 to lots of people mm-hmm. and it was like taking on a different character because we had to be these kind of larger than life, like excitable hosts. Mm. So yeah, it was really fun. When you look back, and you know, now that we're adults and we know more about, mm. you know, how our upbringing and and you know, uh, directly influences who we are. Mm. You said you were shy. Why do you think yeah. you were shy? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, But you know what? It's interesting shyness because, you know, I've got two brothers and at home I was never shy. (laughs) (laughs) Are they older, younger? Are you in the middle? I'm in the middle. So I have an older and a younger. And me and my youngest are very close because we're very close in age. And literally we would would do whole performances, Mm. but just with each other. We wouldn't do them for anyone. I didn't want any audience. He was kind of the same, but we were doing all the things. Like he was in a band. He went on to like actually play in a band, yes. but we used to believe, you know, I used to be the singer and he used to be on the guitar, which was a spatula. <laughs> um, we'd do these whole performances, but I suppose it was just together. So we, I was always kind of performing, but just not in front of anyone. Mm-hmm. And then in front of people, I was cripplingly shy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so funny. Um, but I, I honestly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why, mm. but I just... I know that performance and just getting out there and um, and trying it and being and stepping into that kind of uncomfortableness brought yeah. me out of my shell and it was actually really good for me. And I think the more comfortable I became in just doing that and, you know, you feel it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and you still do it, you know, like sometimes, you know, before you go on to set or before you do a performance or before you go on to stage, it's like – oh my God, you know, you're still feeling all the things. And there's something in me that goes, well, you know, I've done worse than this. Yes. I've embarrassed myself. I've made my, I've stepped, I've done uncomfortable things in dramas. You know, you get to the point where you are so comfortable in the uncomfortable, but that, that then that just becomes comfortable, if that makes sense. 1,000%. Um, so, do you still consider yourself to be shy? Sometimes. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm comfortable in, um, you know, event spaces and situations and doing all the things. But I suppose there's something, or maybe it's just a natural nervousness that we all have now. So maybe it's not shyness anymore. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So maybe yeah it's just I, that. As someone told me once, because um, I've never been shy. Yeah. Um, but. It, even as it perform or as it pertains to performing, like I've never had like that like uh, performance jitter situation. Yes. But okay, 
there always is a part of me before a performance where there's a little like I call it like a tickle in my tummy. It's not nervousness. Yeah. I think it's a mix of like excitement, adrenaline. Yes. Um, anticipation. Mm. But someone told me once, they were like, the moment you stop feeling that mm. is a moment you've fallen out of love with it. Mm. And I'm just grateful now that I've been doing it for majority of my life that I haven't lost it. I yeah, still which is have so it. Wonderful. It's just the aliveness. And I think yeah. that's all I feel now as well. I, I because shyness is a whole different thing really isn't it mm. it's kind of i feel like it would be pre- prevent someone doing something but i yeah yeah it's good to have i suppose it's good and that's the thing it's identifying what actually is nervousness and what is excitement because they're very similar they're, they're similar but they're different yeah and, and they're coming more importantly they're coming from different places mm. um and and both are really valid emotions yeah yeah but i think identifying where they're coming from and why mm. is is really important yeah yeah um, what was one of the first performances you can remember where you were like, okay, I like this. I'm into this. Um, I was nine years old and my cousin, um, was not shy <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, she looks completely opposite to me. We, um, we went to the same junior school and she was in a school play and we were playing, well, she was, um, in a play called Dick Whittington mm. and um and um I remember going to see her at rehearsal and they said to me oh Melanie do you want do you want to join in and I was like okay and I was so quiet and um yeah I remember being part of that play and it was huge and we did this all these dance numbers and I, it was just came to me it was just like okay and I picked it up and it was ju- it I just in- I think when you enjoy something so much as a kid like it mm. just it was just easy um yeah so I and I loved it absolutely loved it I was like yeah this is what I want to do I want to be a dance first of all it was like I want to be a dancer and I got into dance class but it was just the whole performance of it mm-hmm. when I was nine have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like hey we came to play did you tip your tiara to a creole princess or get goofy officially when we come through it's true magic because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort a lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Yeah, I always, whenever I see dancers, this is like a segue, but like um, whenever I see dancers, yeah. like like backup dancers, I'm always like, if I could do, like, if I could have another talent or like do something else, I, in yeah. another life, I would be a dancer. Like I would be one of the dancers on Beyonce's Renaissance tour. Like <laughs> yeah. I, How amazing would that be? And imagine that <sighs> feeling of, we talk about... The ner- it's not the nervousness, but the excitement and the sheer adrenaline that you get before going on stage. Because I did more theatre when I was in the UK before mm-hmm. I came to America. And that feeling, you can't, I don't know, you can't really replicate. Like being an athlete possibly, you know, that feeling of 
before yeah. the gun goes off when you're doing the 100 meter sprint because I did mm -hmm. a little bit of um uh training like I don't know I was in the, I was athletics captain for a while when I was in school yes, you've done but like a 100 and 200 meters and mm -hmm. it's the same kind of adrenaline thing but what a buzz I mean how amazing how amazing because you know what it is when I look at dancers mm. You know, we're actors, and that's and that's a form of expression that's really, really mm. cool. But there's something about dancers that's 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 like a form of expression that's really heightened. Mm. And the way that it excites those who are, you know, blessed enough to witness it and experience it, yeah, is really powerful. And mm. I just really, really like the expression of like moving your body in a mm. way that that ignites people and inspires people yeah. and makes people's mouths drop to the floor like yeah. I just think it's so I'm really I'm really impressed yeah by oh it's incredible and also yeah. move people I mean I've been yeah. at the ballet and just absolutely oh my cried gosh. from just such a beautiful moving powerful performance and you know it's like music as well it's so wonderful yeah it just reminds you that our bodies are instruments yes and I'm I'm always so taken by seeing the different ways that people are able to use their bodies as yeah, instruments. Yeah, isn't it amazing? It's amazing. And it's singing and voice. And you just think, whoa. Yeah. I recently did some, I sing in the movie. Oh, yeah. In my movie. That's <laughs> coming out. <laughs> yes. And, um, and I only sung a little bit in drama school, but it was interesting. I went, I went in for a meeting with Will and, um, and he... And Wait, he, tell us who Will is. Tell us who okay, Will is. Okay, okay. <laughs> so in, <laughs> People so are going to be like, what is going on? <laughs> so I've been filming Bad Boys 4 in Atlanta with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Mm -hmm. and um, Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, so exciting. And, um, and yeah, I hadn't sung since drama school. And wow. there's this scene in the movie where they were like, oh, yeah, we want you to sing. And I was like... Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! And it's that kind of excitement. Was this after you got the part, or was this like after I for got it? the part? So I didn't even audition. Oh, wow! So they had no idea if I could sing or not. But it was. Uh, I was like, oh wow, because you know you read something and you're like, oh yeah, you know, I might sing it, I might not sing it. Mm -hmm. You know, they can do movie magic. Sometimes people come in and yes. sing, and you yes. just don't know. Um, but I was like, okay. And then they were like, well, yeah, actually, we do want you to sing, and we want you to record two songs. And we're going to use one in the movie, on the movie soundtrack. And I think part of you goes, it's like, I don't know how you feel about this, but it's like that feeling of, you know, you do the part, you do the audition. Mm -hmm. And I think, I want this, I want this. I got this, this is mine, this is amazing. I, this part's for me. And then you get the part and you're like, oh my goodness, I have to do this and I have mm -hmm. to deliver. And yeah. it's not like a, it's like a fear, but it's like a, an excitement of kind of the unknown and delivering mm -hmm. and doing your best thing. But I got that feeling of, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, how did you feel like, when you did it? Great. Good. Well, good, it was good, just good. such a one. And I was very lucky to work with really wonderful uh, producers, like good. Will's producers, Omar. And and it was just – and another producer called Johnny, who's fantastic um, – but uh, it was just such a wonderful experience that I think with this job that we do as actors, we're so fortunate to try so many different things. And that was just another thing that we get to try, you know, within this 
kind of yeah. realm of acting, which was just wonderful. Well, I, I love this story because yeah. I think that, you know, oftentimes we're so focused on getting the job mm. that is presented to us, right? So the job was presented as like, you know, the role that you're playing and it had nothing to do with singing. You didn't even, that wasn't even in your mind. Mm. And I always just think it's so beautiful when um, God is like, yeah, no, that, you got that. (laughs) I actually want to stretch you even further. Yeah. And I'm going to give you an opportunity that you're going to think isn't for you, Mm. but it is. Mm. And you're going to be great at it. And you're going to excel at it. And it's preparing you for something else I need you to do. Mm. Because I think it's important that we always remember that in trying to get opportunities, jobs, whatever it may be, we have to remember that it's leading to the next one. Mm. So we can't be so focused on just what's happening. Oh, absolutely. You know, in, in the moment, we, ha- yeah. we have to sometimes, even if you're not because we don't know what's always ahead, mm. just believe that whatever you're doing in the present is preparing you for what's in the future. Mm. And so I'm so excited, Melanie, to know, like, you. you're going to look back and you're going to be in another podcast or in another show talking yeah. about, you know, how this opportunity came to you and how it led to the next opportunity. Mm. So I'm just, I, I just think stories like that always excite me because it's, it means that you're being set up for something even greater too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's so, that's such a great way of, looking at it and also it goes back to what we were just saying about you know feeling uncomfortable in a but pushing yourself and continuing to push myself you know yes. I want to always be stepping into that mm-hmm. and so I kind of look for that now as yeah. well I think there's something in me that loves that kind of ooh I want to carry, continue to reach and feel like I don't want to be comfortable I don't want to stay comfortable I want to be you know, just stretching as much as I, yeah, as much as I can. Well, let's talk about growth. What, what, when was a season in your life, um, recently when you felt like it required a lot of stretching and growing, and yeah. it was extremely uncomfortable? Yeah. Oh, probably in the last four years. Mm. I mean, do you know what I could even talk about? I, I've been moving to this country. I mean, I'm, I've been here for a good nine maybe 10 years now mm-hmm. and you know when you leave a whole life behind yeah. and your whole family behind and you move 5000 plus miles across the world um it can be extremely daunting and scary and and very uncomfortable and you know even though you're speaking the same language there are cultural differences and very it's, much so yeah. Um, that was very hugely uncomfortable, and and I appreciate people, you know, for being so kind mm. and like going to auditions and people, because people don't realize, you know, you know, um, I suppose any none of us do, you know, but one person, you know, when you're hustling around and you're driving on the wrong side of the road, and you're <laughs> tra- LA so big, it's just wild, um, yeah. And you're on the 405 and you're just like, oh my goodness, how am I going to get to this audition? I'm in LA. I'm in a new country. I don't know anyone. This is wild. And you're, st- and you're trying to learn this audition and it's pilot season and there are all these auditions and they're giving you four auditions a day and 
not that I'm complaining, but it's just a, a it's an interesting challenge and a period of growth and something that you either step into or you fall apart. Yeah. You know, you ride that or you and you're like, it's okay, it's okay, we're gonna get there. We're just gonna mm-hmm. get to from A A to B in the car on the other side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking in an American accent. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a cha- that was a challenge, a major challenge and a challenge in growth and a challenge of really learning how to work for me as an actress and really choosing, you know, when I can say, okay, well, I can't do four auditions in a day because I am doing another accent and I'm, uh, and I can't as easily, um, improvise Mm -hmm. around this scene because as soon as I start improvising, I might slip into not just an English accent, but we might say things that give us away because the English say different mannerisms and different mm. sayings than Americans do. So, but now I've lived here so long, I understand. You know, that's another layer of just understanding. Um, you know, how people talk and the li- the lingo, yeah. <laughs> the lingo, so to speak. Yeah. Do you remember when, uh, like, the moment or the season when you finally felt comfortable, settled in here? Yeah. Ooh, probably a good couple of years in and I thought, oh, okay, I can breathe. Mm-hmm. I think it's the hustle of because, you know, you, you move to a place and you're like, okay, well, you have to get a job. You have to get a job. This is all you can do here. I couldn't really work in anything else because I had no one visa. Um, you can't get a job, you know, unless it's like cash. <laughs> you're not allowed to work yeah. anywhere. Um, so... You know, it was probably a good thing, actually, because I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. And I was always, I did a lot of commercials in the UK as well. So mm-hmm. I stepped into com- the commercial world here before, which really helped me before, oh, while good. I was auditioning for roles. And you know what it's like, like building up a name. And, and you know, when you first start, it's like, oh, the name person got it. And then they, and you know, all that um, pilot season hustle. Mm-hmm. But, uh yeah, it was all a journey. It was great. It was a great learning experience. I mean, I moved here and thought I was good at my American accent and it was, wasn't was very good in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your first you know, job? I was like, okay. <laughs> when you came here, what was the first job you got? Um, the first job I got was, oh my goodness. I mean, I still lived in the UK and I remember coming over to do a pilot to do a test for a pilot for a show called What Would Dylan Do with Kelly Rowland for the BET. And that was while I still lived in London. But we filmed the pilot in Atlanta and it didn't go. So then I remember coming back to London and was like, oh, okay, that's sad. And then I did another one, another pilot. That's the thing. All these pilots that get made, that used to get made. Mm -hmm. I think less get made now. now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there was so much money that this yeah, kind of plowed into them and then lot. it's yeah. yeah and then it was kind of wasted but um yeah I did a couple of pilots that didn't go and then I moved here and I think I did a, sh- a CSI episode I did a show called the Dr- uh, Dracula I was played a vampire I got killed mm. I did a couple of guests you know mm-hmm. I was in a show called The Grinder I did a few episodes of that mm-hmm. No, but you were still living in the UK or you were here? No, I was here by that point. Okay, gotcha. So I started doing some guest roles and um, 
And then my first series regular that, was, like changed it all. Oh, my first series regular. I mean, I thought. I mean, I, I thought I was just thought I'd made it. I was like, okay, this is amazing. Um, I moved to Canada for a show called uh, Dark Matter, mm-hmm. which was just great. I mean, it's the hardest I've ever worked. I think because hmm. we were filming. I mean, you work hard in different ways, but it, physically it was exhausting as well as mentally because we'd be up at you know, 4.30 every morning, we'd be picked up, we'd travel an hour, we'd work, you know, we'd do like a 15-hour day and then we'd do that all week and then, and because it was all group scenes on a spaceship, it was like, there was like 10 of us there all the time in every scene. So there's no, you know, like Mm. how some shows you get to have a couple of days off and so we were there most days of the week, all day, and then we would do all the stunts on the weekend. So, Mm. but it was great. I mean, it was amazing. It was fantastic. I loved it. Has there ever been a part or a, a time in your journey where you were just like really, really discouraged and just were oh like, my goodness? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, but do you can you share with us a moment where where there's you uh, personal things going on in your life or and you know a role or a job that you really wanted that just seemed like it wasn't working out? And mm. how did you get out of that moment or that season? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot, like moving here, learning how quickly this town works with pilot season, with mm-hmm. the amount they can throw at you. You know, like I landed here and I know this sounds very privileged and it is like to be given a lot of auditions. Like one night they would give me, or most days in pilot season when I arrived here, it was like there's three auditions and I got so overwhelmed by it that... Yeah. I was spreading myself too thin, so I wasn't doing a good job at any of them, really. Mm-hmm. And that this was one pilot season. It was hard, really hard. And um, well, it was a hard. It, it was an, an. I wouldn't say it was a hard lesson. It was an interesting lesson. It was, but it was a lesson that I needed to learn about how I needed to work, what I needed to do to be the best mm-hmm. I could at the work I do. Um, and I'm glad I learned it very early on because I learned that and I learned it hard. And I said, no, I can't do this many auditions a day. I'm doing an American accent. And I was. I was. I mean, there have been a handful of projects that I've done in my own accent. So it was all American. But And now because I've lived here, I can do American and drop into it. No problem. Yeah. But um, it was more of a layering when I and I got here. So it was an extra added thing. So yeah. when you get three auditions in the evening and you're, you know, you've got to learn fast and when you've been in the business you can pick up scenes like we were talking about earlier and you can mm-hmm. learn them so f- fast like when you're on set you're like da, 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 da. but you know when you're a new actress it's like whoa there's 20 pages to learn and I've just got an hour um or two and um so that wasn't going to work for me so mm-hmm. the power of no so I said to my team yes I only need to get one job I'm going to make sure it's the right job. I'm going to choose out of these auditions. I'm going to take my time and I'm going to really do quality work. And that was the choice I made years ago, actually. Yes. And it was for myself more than anyone because it was for my own self-esteem. So I, mm-hmm. inside I could put out good work. And feel good about and it. And feel good about yeah. it and leave. And, you know, I'd, th- I'd give this advice to any actor do it for yourself. You know, go into that audition and leave proud of yourself. There's nothing worse than leaving an audition going, oh, you know, and getting there and feeling like underprepared because you've, you know, you have sp- spread yourself too thin, you know. So yeah. I would go, okay, well, I'm going to do this audition tonight. And uh, 
you know, I'd do as much as I could, but I I knew what I was capable of. So mm. I needed that time. I wanted to, because I'm a perfectionist as well, so I wanted to perfect the accent. I wanted to have the mm-hmm. scene down. I have to be off book. I don't like going in and reading. That doesn't work for me. Some people are really good on off-site readers. I mean, um, or cold readers, I should say. Mm-hmm. I don't like to do that because it makes me anxious and I don't mm-hmm. want to be anxious you going into an audition. I want to yeah. go in and I want to enjoy it. I want to feel like I'm doing the best work I can do. So... I take that off the table, so I, I'll always fight for what I need to be able to do the best work that I can do. I think that's so important. Yeah. Because, I mean, ultimately what we have to realize is that it's ours. It's our performance. Yeah. It's, it's our image. Yeah. It's, it's us who has to, who it's, who has to go home and, and sleep well at night knowing yeah. that we're, we feel good about Absolutely. what we did. Absolutely. Um, and I think sometimes we can feel like we have to do it for other people. Mm. Um, we have to please agents and managers and b- bosses and teachers and te- whoever it may be. Mm. But ultimately, it's so important for us to be happy first and well-pleased with ourselves. Absolutely. Um because we're the only people that are with ourselves every day, all day. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and 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 we really, truly yeah. can't compare ourselves to other people. You know, I have friends that can, mm. they're very good at different parts of this game or different acting. Some are really wonderful voice actors. Some are mm-hmm. great on stage. Some can carry their voice really far. Some can pick up a page and learn it in, you know, five minutes. Other people yeah. need 10. And then they're just, you know, we all have our skills and we all know... I think it's just understanding yourself and and really knowing the best way you can work. And we're all such creatives and we're all so mm-hmm. different. So, yeah. What does your community look like and how have they supported you? Oh, I am so proud and thankful for my community, mm. especially when you move a lot and you live in a lot of different countries. Um, and you realize, you know, when your direct blood family aren't there, you really do have to make and put the time in um, to make new family in, in in places. And especially here, like LA can be a very lonely town when you first move here. So it's yeah. really important to find your kind of tribe and your people. And I have a small group of friends that are like family here. I'm mm. so grateful for. And they've been there in every way, you know, and they're all from different walks of life. They all do different things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a few that are in the business and most aren't, but um, it keeps you very grounded in this town, you know. What's been like one of the, uh, if you were to say, uh, one of the biggest uh, transformations that has happened personally in your life? Like what's transformed about you, if anything? I think, I think it comes with just kind of, you know, having some, learning some hard lessons and learning mm-hmm. about life and learning what's important and really going in and realizing what does make you happy. What do you really want from this life? Um, mm. You know, what's truly important? Yeah. Um, and there's some real peace in it. And it kind of, drops a lot of the nonsense it fall, that kind of falls by the wayside. It's definitely made me more clear about what's really important in life. 
I don't know. I suppose it's just sitting with yourself and understanding yourself. The more you can understand yourself, ultimately, the, the, the more you can kind of understand why you're here and your purpose in life and, you know, yeah. what you want from people, What you know, from friendships, what mm-hmm. you want to give to them. How do you want a million surfacey friendships or do you want to, like, you know, connect? I think it's that connection that it's I love. transformation. <laughs> Melly, what would you say has been your takeaway from our conversation today? Oh my goodness. Um, happiness, staying present, mm. like what's important in life, connections, friendship, family. Like, and isn't it amazing? Like, just managing it all and really just, I feel like we're so privileged to be in this world that we are. Yes, <laughs> in. we are. And yeah. to be on this podcast and really talk about like all of this really lovely, important stuff. Yeah. What's your takeaway? My takeaway is that there's always, in in every moment in life, there's something to be learned. Mm. Um, and you're always getting to know people better. Mm. But you have to try. It yeah. takes effort. It really it takes does. Effort. Yeah. And and this conversation, again, I was really excited to get to know you better mm. and share that with our listeners. But I'm really excited to continue to be more intentional about continuing to get to know the other people in my life. Yeah. Just better. Like I Daryl, my husband, I we always just um we always just say, like, I feel like every day I'm learning something new about him. I've known him for well over a decade. Wow. Uh, I guess almost like like 13 years now. Um but so I still, we're still getting to know each other. Yes. Um, but it's again, it's intentional. I want to get to know him better. He wants oh. to get to know me better. And so guys, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And that's the I really think that's the key to relationships. Because people you're continuously yeah. growing. And so you're not the same person as you were even like a week ago, you know, no. six months ago, you know. Six yeah. years ago. Yeah. So you have to continue to check in and kind of get to know each other, which is what I love. You have you know? to. Some of us take a little bit more time, but like growth is the goal. And it's Absolutely. important to be around people who are growing and not to be concerned with the pace at which they're growing, but mm. just that they're growing. Mm. So I'm happy that we're both growing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. I on love that. Thank you so much. This was so great. That went so fast. I know. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. We did it. We did it. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lantigua. Our managing producer is Fatima Elswifi. Shanice Tyndall is our lead producer. Jordan Thompson is our marketing coordinator. This episode was mixed by Trin Lightburn. Michelle Baker is our video editor. This episode was recorded at Spotify Studios, LA. Promotional consideration, products and services furnished by Spotify. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we hope you did, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast to ensure you hear the next one. You 
haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.